0: Welcome to the Foundation Church podcast. Where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Hey Foundation Church, welcome home. We are glad uh, to be in the new church building. It, isn't it awesome? I mean, it's just, it's just, everybody's like, this is so cool. I'm like, I know, I told you the building was sexy. Um, I'm like, there's no other adjective. If there's a sexy building, this is it. So, um, hey, I, b- before I get started in the message, I need to do something real quick. I want to give some huge thank yous out. Um, our staff has worked nonstop. They've worked their guts out. Um, and I just want to thank all of our staff members. They are phenomenal. Um, also, our general contractor, Tyler Dietring, he's actually one of our church members. He's here today. Um, Tyler, man, I don't know where you are. Awesome, awesome, awesome job. So, um, and, and then I need to do this. I didn't do it first service because I'm, I'm afraid I might get a little emotional. Suck it up, Graves. Um, but I want to thank my wife and my kids um, that... They've had to put up with me a lot lately, so, and I can be a lot at times, so, (laughs) yeah, amen, that was her only amen in 14 years, Um, so, (laughs) nicely played. So, Foundations, we started in 2008, so I'm going to say it's been 14 years, it'll be 14 years in September, but I always round up, so if I had an 89.6 in in school, that was an A, baby, right, like that was no B, (laughs) That let's let I'm so old. You had to have a 92, right? A 92 to have an A. So it was a 91.6. I was like, "That's an A." Um, so when I hear kids like getting A's is so hard, I'm like, "Shut up! You get three whole more digits um, to to have an A. Um, that's a game changer." But um, we've been here for about 14 years, and and man, it has been such a journey. And I want to talk about that today. And as we do that, I want to share a story that I've been holding on to that happened recently. Um, but I have not told a soul about this until last service. Um, I haven't told my wife. I haven't told my best friend. I've told nobody. Um, As we were coming back from our Kenya missions trip of putting two playgrounds together um, with a group of guys, we're we're flying back, and that flight home is really, really long. We've been traveling like 36 hours, And, and, and we get to Atlanta, and we had a short window to make our connection to get from Atlanta to Tulsa. Um, our flight was late, leaving Amsterdam or actually leaving Paris, France. Sounds bougie. Um, I just stayed in the airport, um, but leaving Paris to Atlanta, it was late, so we missed our connection. So as a result, I went from getting home around 5:30 to about 11 o'clock at night. And I am—I'm exhausted, right? Like I was like, I just want to go home. Like I love the trip, but I'm ready to be home. I'm ready to be off an airplane. Um, I I was just ready. And so, as a result of us missing that flight, I got rebooked on a later flight, but I lost my aisle seat, and I am on a middle row. I'm in the middle 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 seat, right? And, And and when I get there i 'm a pretty nice traveler. I smile at people i 'm like, "Hey, how are you doing? I get there. I go to my seat. My two people are already there, and there 's a guy about the same size as me sitting right here and then this little i' to say plumper older lady to my right that 's a window seat and I went to look at her and she wouldn't and she was just, she literally turned her body like this, and I was like, okay so we 're not going to be friends right so I sit in the middle aisle, the middle seat in of the row, and why I'm there, this is what I think. I think hell is going to be a really hot plane ride in which you are in the middle seat with two oversized people on both sides of you, right? I'm pretty sure that's a, a, a my theology might be a little off, but it's pretty close, and you're never getting off, right? And so... So so I've got my, I've literally got this iPad, I've got Braveheart pulled up because it's my favorite, you know, my favorite movie to watch, and so I'm watching Braveheart, and I start doing this, right? Me and the guy next to me start talking, he's tired, I'm tired, he's from a work trip, and we're both just ready to get home, and as we're traveling, I, I just start nodding off, I'm trying, you, you, you've seen it, you've done this, like where you're trying to fight the sleep, but it just hits you, and you're like, uh, uh, you know, and what wakes you up is when your head really doesn't do this, but it... You know, you're like, oh, you know. And so I start doing that um, throughout this trip. And I mean, I'm trying. I'm like slapping myself. I'm like, come okay, on, come on, come on, come on. I drink the refreshments, everything. And I don't know when it happened. Um, and I don't know how it happened. But I hear the ding from the captain getting ready to talk. And when I wake up, I have fallen asleep on the guy's shoulder next to me. <laughs> He's asleep. I mean, I'm cuddled in there. I'm like, I'm, I'm in there. Ho- I mean, I fell hard. When it dings, I wake, I, I wake up and I'm like, what's happened? It's like a scene off Hangover. I'm just like, and I'm, he's asleep. So I'm trying not to wake him up. So I slowly pick my head up and I'm like, and when I picked my head up, that's when I saw it. I left a pool of drool. Oh, I mean, he was wearing a blue dress shirt. There's no, a a drool pool, like a little two-year-old. I mean, like, and I just, like, I'm trying to make sure there's no spit strings. I'm just like, and I look and I'm like, uh, oh. And I just go to my iPad, I'm like, focus in here. Focus in here. (laughs) So I'm looking at my iPad. About five minutes later, he wakes up. He's on my, my, he's on here, I'm there, and he he wakes up, you know, (laughs) he looks at me, and I'm looking, I mean, I'm, I start fake laughing at Braveheart. I'm like, (laughs) there's nothing funny in Braveheart. And the whole time I'm thinking, it's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks le- It's exactly what it looks like. I totally drooled on a grown man that I don't know. Like, it's bad enough if you know him. I have no idea who this guy is. We didn't talk the rest of the flight. We didn't talk. Again, I didn't make eye contact. I was still laughing at Braveheart. I was just like, okay. Today, I want to talk to you about it's not what it looks like. It's not what it looks like. Uh, sometimes you know what the dream that you have at the beginning of a process it 's not what it looks like it 's not what you thought it would look like, and what do you do when what you thought it was what, what you thought life was going to look like, what you thought the dream was going to look like the start looks nothing like it and here 's what I want us to start off with it 's simply this: many times the start looks nothing like the dream Man, many many times the start Looks nothing like the dream. For the first time ever in almost 14 years, we pulled out Foundations Frank. Foundations Frank, this is Greg Fisher's body trace, by the way. No neck. That, that was me? Okay, that's six foot six. I just thought you shrunk in your old age. Anyways, um, so so we 're at this this church boot camp we 've never even started. Shannon hasn 't even agreed to come on staff i mean we 're at this boot camp, and they 're telling us what we have to do and i 'm like, okay and they 're like so so what kind what what economic class person are you going to reach I'm like, i 'm like, I thought we were supposed to reach everybody right like I, th- I thought it was rich and poor, right not like, like middle class and any class, I'm like, any, I, I wanted to write any class. They're like, no, that won't work. And I'm like, why well, won't it work? Because your church will be a failure if you don't under, under, understand who you're trying to reach. So I just put middle class. Middle to upper middle class, right? So if you're poor here, I'm sorry. Or if you're rich, I'm sorry. You're, you're not supposed to be here. Um, ethnicity. I was like, I thought it was all races, all people of all races can come to the church. No, 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 no. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever been a part of. So I put Caucasians and African-Americans. So if you're Hispanic and if you are Asian or if you're Native American or anything else, like, I'm sorry, right? They made, they made me do it. If you age groups, age 20 to 50s, that's it. No children, no babies. <laughs> 51, you're out. And while we were doing this content, I, I hated this. I hated Frank. I hate you, Frank. I don't I, I didn't like it. And can I, tell you, I came out of that going, "Man, the, the start of this looks nothing like what I thought the dream would look like. Right? This is nothing what, thank God, this is nothing what Foundations Church looks like, right? Amen. Thank God. Amen. When we were at Memorial High School, 2008, we started the church during a financial recession, so we built a church during a pandemic, so we never waste a good catastrophe, apparently. <laughs> we, We met at Memorial High School, and if you've never been to Memorial High School, there's a reason, because you've never been to Memorial High School. You never drive by Memorial High School unless you're driving by Memorial, like you're going to it. Like, it was the worst location. We tried to meet anywhere but Memorial High School, but that's where we were. Our nursery was the girls' locker room. I'm convinced to this day, the girls' locker room is way nastier than the boys'. I have now been to both. And I would just like, my, my youngest daughter, Chloe, she was in the nursery, it was gross. The men's bathroom stall where the commode was had no door because there were too many fights and people getting stabbed. That's the school. So if you had to use the bathroom, like, sorry, you were either an exhibitionist or you went to Quick Trip. It was one or the other. <laughs> and, and the start, like, the start looked nothing like this. And so many times... That's our life, right? We think the start's going to be so great and so nice and not messy, but it's going to be totally ideal what we want it to look like. And when it's not, the tendency is this, then we don't start. If the start doesn't look like the dream, then we're not going to start. And as a result, nothing happens, nothing gets started, and there's no progress to the dream ever becoming a reality in your own life. And here's what Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4 says this, if you wait for perfect conditions you will never get anything done. Man, that is so great. If you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. And so many times, we wait for things to get started before we get started. We wait for things to work out before we work it out. And hear me today, maybe you're here today, and financially you're broke. When we started FC, we were broke, we brought maybe $12,000 in a month as a church. That's not much money. Like, that's, that's, that's not a lot of money. <laughs> Casey and I, I mean, we, we were broke. Maybe you're here and you're hurt and you've been burned. I tell you, we came out of a hurtful situation. And we were hurt and we had every, it, it didn't look like what it should have looked like. And you're here and it doesn't look like what it should look like. It doesn't feel like what you thought it would feel like. Can I tell you, the best thing you can do is start even when it's messy. Start even when, it's, even when it doesn't look like what the dream, even when it's not what it looks like. Even when you were like, man, this is not what it should look like. Start getting after it. Don't wait for it to work out, for you to work it out, but get started where you are. There's a book in the Bible called Zechariah in the Old Testament. It's one of my favorites because it's about the rebuilding of the temple Solomon had built in Jerusalem. And when they are coming back to build the temple of Jerusalem, they're they're building it back, but it's not near to the splendor, near to the the size of what the original temple was. And so a lot of the older Jews that had seen the the temple that Solomon had built had become discouraged, didn't like it. They were upset. They were grumbling. They were mumbling. And Zechariah says this in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10. It says, do not despise these small beginnings... For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hands. I I love it. Don't despise the small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And here's what I want you to understand from that is what you do for God may seem small and insignificant at the time, but God rejoices in your obedience and in what is right, not necessarily in what is big. Man, this is, this is such a big point for you to get today. What you do for God may seem small and insignificant at the time, but God rejoiced. God is way more concerned about your obedience and doing what is right or what is next instead of necessarily doing what is big. When we started Foundations Church, before there was a day one, I started working as a barista at Starbucks, baby. <laughs> I can still make you a latte, that's about it. <laughs> this is actually my apron. Um, I kept it because I was like, you know what, that's, that, this is going to be a moment. And I probably use this illustration more than any other illustration ever. I, this is where it started. It started with me being a barista at Starbucks. And if you're a barista here, man, if you work at Starbucks, I, here's the deal. I, I talk about this wasn't what I thought it was going to look like. And it wasn't my ideal situation, but I didn't go to work every day like, I hate it. This is so below me. No, 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 no. If you're working at Starbucks, man, sling that coffee and make that coffee. Right? Like, be the best barista you can be. I tried. I stunk at it, but I still try. I was the best trash taker, outer, and bathroom cleaner you ever done seen, though. I was good. Right? I could scrub them toilets. And... and, Hear me, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't come home like, this is so below me, Casey. I, I, why, why would I? No, this is just what was required. to do. It seemed small. I worked at four in the mor- I got up at four in the morning, and I went and did the early morning shift so that I could have afternoons off to work in the afternoon at the church. It seemed small. It seemed insignificant. And I could have mumbled, and I could have grumbled, and I could have griped about it. I could have said, man, I just need my break to come. When's my break coming my way? Or I could just do what God was asking me to do next. And some of you, the reason the dreams never had a next step is because you're not willing to take the first step because it's not sexy enough for you. You are way more about the applause in the audience than just being willing to be obedient when nobody else is watching. And hear me, you don't need your next break. You don't need to wait for your break. What you need to do is just to be obedient in your start. You don't need a break. You just need to be obedient in your start. Because I say this all the time, but private faithfulness is a prerequisite to public usefulness. Private faithfulness it's a prerequisite to public usefulness man and some of us we we we're just like well when, when am i going to get the stage and when when's it all going to take off and when's you know when's all the hear me it's when you decide to own this moment so don't despise your beginning Don't despise where you're at. Be faithful where you're at. Be fruitful. Man, it may not look like what you thought it was going to look like, but be faithful and be fruitful with where you're at because here's what I can tell you. Leave the results up to God and you just do what God is asking you to do. Man, when you let God do his job and you're faithful to do your job, he does immeasurably above what you could do on your own. And some of us, we're just waiting for everything to be right or to look right or to sound right or for us to feel right. And hear me, it's our last point. Man, at some point in time, it's just time to go for it. It's time to go for it. Can I tell you, Foundation Church, for us as a church, it's time to go for it. We've been talking about two years. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. We're just getting started. Well, Foundation Church, we have started. Right? Right? We have started. It's begun. And it is time to be the church. God has called Foundations Church to be. Hear me, we're not competing against other churches. We're not here to be like... The next Baptist church or the next Life Church or the next Battle Creek. Man, I hope those churches are all that God is calling them to be. But Foundation Church, our competition is not them. We're playing for an audience of one. And our job is to be the church God's called us to be. And that's to welcome everybody, not just somebodies. That's to welcome messes, not just clean. We built this building to get messy and messed up, right? That's what God has called us to do and who he's called us to be. And it is time for us to get started, and to be the church he's called you and I to be. What's that mean? That means we invite that person that thinks God's given up on them. That means we invite that person that's too embarrassed to come to church because everybody knows what they did, right? That means we invite that person that doesn't look like us, that doesn't believe like us, that their lifestyle isn't like us. Right, It's not about being a collection of the saints, it's about being a hospital for the lost. And our job isn't to ju- judge, they're going to hear truth, our job is to love them and let God change them. It's time, not to just talk a good game, but it's time for us to be the church and to lead boldly to boldly go where god is calling us to go the time for about hoping about it and planning for it and even for some of us praying about it man you've been praying for 10 years whether you should marry that woman or not if you don't know by 10 years the answer's no if he won't put a ring on it ladies after five years go away he's i got all kinds of things i'm about to say that will get me in trouble He's getting the milk for free. Why should he buy the cow? I did not call anybody a heifer. <laughs> see, <laughs> see what God does so well is He takes what doesn't look like much and who doesn't look like much and does so much through. He takes what doesn't look like much and who doesn't look like much, and he does so much through. He took an 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman and birthed a nation out of them, called Father Abraham. That's not ironic, right? He took an 80-year-old stuttering murderer, had a past. He was on the run. He was fugitive. And he used them to be one of the greatest leaders to ever live and to maybe be used to do one of the greatest miracles ever to deliver a whole nation out of Egypt. And his name was Moses. He took a shepherd boy who didn't even get called to be considered the next king. He was left in the, his dad called, you think you got father issues. His dad called all his brothers and left David out there with the rest of the hired hands. And didn't even call him in to be considered. In fact, the message says this, that he calls David the runt. And before David ever became a mighty warrior, before he ever fought Goliath, before he ever became a king, he was a faithful shepherd tending and protecting the flock when nobody else was watching. Why? Because that was his next step. And he was just going to start where he could start. And he built character and he became the man of God in a pasture where nobody was watching so that when he became in the palace, he became and stayed a man of God when everybody was watching, right? If you will learn to be faithful and fruitful where you you are and get going and get started and it's time to go for it can I tell you when the stage is set and you're meeting Goliath and you're meeting your giants and you've got the stage you won't crumble because you were faithful when nobody was watching and in the privacy of what God was trying to develop he took 12 screw-ups called the disciples they didn't even like each other guys they had no biblical training they didn't go to seminary no no bachelor's degrees, no master's degrees, no doctorate degrees. <laughs> and what did he do? He used these 12 guys to change the entire world. In fact, it says this in Acts chapter 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, two of the biggest screw-ups, right? And they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. God takes what looks ordinary and takes who looks ordinary and doesn't look like much. And you don't feel like much. And you've been told everything you aren't. And if you will allow him and you will just be faithful to start after the dream, he can do so much through you. Ephesians chapter 4. We read this last week. Excuse me, Ephesians 3. Now, glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. And Foundation Church, it's time for us to see that verse become a reality, right? For him to do, infin- this, is, this is just just the beginning of what God is doing in us through a church. But let me talk to you as the individuals today. That verse is true for you. That true verse is true for you that are watching at home. He wants to do infinitely above and beyond. And it's no accident that you're here today or that you're tuning in online today. It's no accident that you are at this time, at this season, for this moment. It's kind of like this Esther moment. That this is your for such a time as this. As I close, there's this great, it's called ancestral math, and I I ran across it. It's so good. It says this in order to be born, you needed two parents, four grandparents, eight great grandparents, 16 great grandparents, 32 third great grandparents, 64 fourth great grandparents, 128 fifth great grandparents, 256 sixth great grandparents, 512 seventh great grandparents. 1,024 eighth great grandparents, 2,048 ninth great grandparents, for you to be born today from 12 previous generations, you needed a sum total of 4,094 ancestors over the last 400 years. Think of this you're here by no accident, you're here by not a coincidence, you're here for a reason. And God put that dream and that desire and that plan in you for a reason. Not that you would get glory for it, but that he would be glorified, that they would see your good deeds and it would glorify the Father. Go live the big life that he's calling you to live right? Go live the big life and go after the dream that he's calling you to go after. Who cares what the start looks like? Who cares if it involves an apron or a a ghetto school, right? Who cares what it looks like, man? As long as he's calling you, take that next step and watch what God will do that is infinitely beyond and above what you could ever do on your own. He's got great things for you, foundations. He's got great dreams and great plans for you. If you will just take Take the next step. Let's pray today. God, we love you and we thank you for today. And God, I pray, oh Lord, that we would understand that we're, we're literally, it's time for us to go. As a church, as a body of believers, it's time for us to go, to go be the church. Not to talk about it, not to pray about it. Lord, we know what you're calling us to do. So let us be the church you're calling us to be. Not that it's easy to be. Not a church that's clean and tidy. But one that's willing to get our hands messy and dirty. One that runs out of parking spots. <laughs> one that there's scratches and holes in the walls. Because we got people, we got teenagers that don't know how to act in church. God, help us to be the church, not for just some people, but for all people to come in. That they may meet a Savior that will change everything. Oh, Lord, that they would just encounter you. And they would discover that there's a plan that is way better than the plan that they ever had for their life on their own. So, Lord, I pray today that we would be the church you're calling Foundations Church to be, and we go, and we would invite, and we would invest, and we would be unapologetic about making your name famous in every single thing we do, every sermon, every Sunday, every outreach, every invite that goes out. It's not about pointing them to a pastor or church. It's about pointing them to a Savior named Jesus, and I pray that you would move, and you would work, and Lord, I pray for every individual in this place, The Lord, maybe the dream stalled out. maybe there's been obstacles and there's been challenges there's been trials that they've gone through and they stopped taking the next step they the, the, the the beginning just didn't look like what they thought it would look like it's not what i thought it would look like lord maybe it's exactly what we thought it would look like and yet we're scared We don't feel like we are capable and we could never be more right. Lord, we're not capable on our own. But, Lord, if you're calling us to it, you'll lead us through it. Let us understand that, Lord, we just have to be obedient in the start. It may feel small, Lord. It may feel insignificant. But, Lord, you're more concerned about our obedience and doing what is right instead of doing what's big because, Lord, that's your job. So, Lord, let us be willing go after the dream and the plan you've put in. Lord, I pray there would be an awakening in dreams and hearts today that they would take that first step and become who and do what you've called them to do. It's in Jesus' name I pray. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Today, if you're here, this is my favorite part of service. If you're here today, you're watching online. Maybe you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. We want to give you a chance to change that. And Maybe you're here today, and where you're at isn't where you should be. That's about recommitting your life. I don't know what happened. I don't know what made you drift, but you do. And today, this isn't about judgment. This isn't about condemnation. This is actually the exact opposite. This is about forgiveness. Because here's what I know. Good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. And today, if you're at this place and you're like, man, I need to ask for I need to get things right. I'm going to count to three, and all I want you to do is raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer. We're not going to embarrass you. Man, we're not going to have you stand up. We're not going to lead you somewhere. Because we believe this. God sees a hand, and he changes a heart. And if that's you, man, First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us from all our, all our unrighteousness. If that's you today, when I count to three, man, dude, the... Take your first step and raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is there anyone else? You join these hands that are up across this building. You say, Justin, that's me, man. You may have to lift it, lift it high for me to see. But the big thing is, you know what? It's not about me seeing. Yeah, is there anyone else? You just say, that's me. There's several hands that are up across this place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is there anyone else? You join these hands. Yeah, I see. You. Is there anyone else, man? What an awesome moment's happening right now, at Foundation yeah, Church. Yeah. Is there anyone else? You just say, Justin, this is my moment, man. This is my first step, and I need to get things right with them. Is there? Yeah, I see your hand. Is there anyone else? You just say, that is me. Yes, I see that hand. Is there anyone else? It may take me a while, and I got to tell you, it doesn't matter. If I see your hand, somebody way more important sees your hand than me, right? Is there anyone else before we go any further in service today? You just say, that is me. If you raise your hand, if you would repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today, and I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up, but I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living I repent of it, and I turn to you, and I grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.